Good afternoon. I'm Connor Fowler. And I'm Matt Smith. And you are now listening to Apocalypse Duds. We are list- We are joined today by the venerable Jim Parker, merchandise director at the Armory, head honcho of his own brand, Taswell, virtuoso guitarist, southerner, New Yorker, redhead, and certainly much more. <laughs> Thanks for coming, Jim. I, I don't yeah. know that I, you may be gave me more than I actually have, man. Thanks very much. <laughs> well, that, that's our in the business of doing. <laughs> and you always, yeah. have to help out a, you always have to help out a redhead. Yeah, I know. We need all the help we can get, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how's it's everything going First breed. Uh, it's, you know, that's good. Uh, yeah. It is, yeah, New York is threatening spring, but it was still like a, a high of 42 or something today. Oh, so. yeah. It was jacket weather today, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and that's uh, nice. That's nice. Tweed and a jacket. That's so nice. Uh, that is actually what I've been wearing today. So yeah, nailed it. Well, speaking of that, we have a feature. We can walk straight into it. The ensemble investigation. What are you wearing? Head to toe or vice versa? <laughs> head to toe. Um. All right. Uh. Well, on my head, I've got these over-the-ear headphones, but I did have a hat on by Cody Wilma. Um. I'm wearing a tweed jacket from the Armory. The cloth is um, Fox Brothers. Pretty sure I added that. To, it was part of the Ready to Wear to collection a little bit ago. I think this was one of my picks, but I can't remember. Um, I'm wearing a, uh, a Taswell uh, wool gabardine snap front shirt. It's the Stay Tucked uh, sure. with, a, with a bandana and. Um, um, Actually, I'm wearing a lot of Tazzle. I don't. That's just how it is these days. Uh, some uh, of the Appalachian spy pockets in uh, desert sand, and I'm wearing these old uh, ostrich cowboy boots from this kick-ass boot store close to where my parents live. Oh hell yeah! The ostrich cowboy boot truly, truly <laughs> anchors anchors the fit. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I just. What color you know, are they? They're, I mean, they're like, um, they're like a tawny brown. Uh, tawny brown, very nice, very nicely yeah. done. I see. I know that this is your job, so very nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you gotta have in menswear. You have to have like twenty-five different descriptions of brown. You know, totally. so that's the, totally. It's important. Yeah, yeah. I, I've also got to ask. Like biscuit. Yeah, yeah, you've got you've got your usual tan, medium brown, dark brown, and then you've got like fawn and various yeah, other exactly. brown colors. Uh, what, mm-hmm. Jim, not... what what is the hat? The hat is um, it's also it's uh, I think Cody calls this whiskey, um, because you know this is menswear and we drink, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's sort of a Western fedora. It's got a, a tiny gambler's bow on it and, um, it's got a, uh, a bound edge, which is, uh, pretty amazing because he does that himself by hand. He, he makes the hats himself, but the, the binding, uh, he whip stitches, uh, and he can only do so many, like he could do like two or three a week like this. Otherwise he, like he hurts his hand and he can't make stuff anymore. So it's oh, a very special habit. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. So something we kind of uh, like to lead most shows with uh, is mm. what is your clothing or your, uh, sorry, first clothing memory? <laughs> um, it's deep. I, 
Yeah, yeah. I have I have two. I think one is like an inherited memory because I I was I'm probably too young. Uh but this is people ask me like kind of how I knew I liked clothes and this is the, the real reason I think is like when I was a toddler um my mom would quiz me uh, like on learning my colors by asking me what color Vanna White's dress was for the day. <laughs> Um, so that's like, yeah, <laughs> so, um, and maybe that's why I, I know so many color names. Cause like, you know, eventually yellow is not except acceptable. It's gotta be like canary or something like that. Right. Uh, but my first like real clothing memory, um, where I was like, oh, I like clothes was, uh, it was like early nineties. I was in first grade and we, we used to do this like weekly thing where each student would go outside with a teaching assistant and do uh, like a reading exercise. And we eat, we had like a special folder um, for that, that work, like, uh, like worksheets on sounding out words and stuff. And my, my folder was purple. Um, and for whatever reason around that time, we're talking like probably 1993 ish. Um, there was a lot of Colorado Rockies stuff at Walmart and my clothes. Oh came yeah. From Walmart, that was the so inaugural. Season. I remember. Yeah. Was that it? Is that, I, I did yeah. not know. I'm not really, I'm not a baseball fan. And like, I wasn't then either. I just had, um, <laughs> had Colorado Rocky stuff. I had like this, uh, I had a t-shirt with, um, I'm pretty sure bugs and Daffy on it. And they're wearing like the uniforms and the Colorado Rockies unit or the logo had like a bit of purple in it. And I was wearing purple shorts and I had a, I had my purple folder. And I remember like being really, pleased like so that felt complete and i couldn't i didn't know why but i just, that sticks out to me and that's my probably my first clothing memory oh that's that's kind even of even a boy knows yeah yeah right. yeah yeah and, and also let's give a shout out to the 90s absolutely unhinged looney tunes and other cartoon shit because like man if you didn't grow up in the 90s that's really like not something you realized was so prevalent yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I I was playing a I was playing a gig last night and this uh this woman was talking to me like she's a, a girlfriend of a bandmate and she was talking about the Simpsons and I I suddenly I just had these memories of wearing like a lot of stuff with Bart Simpson on it, but I oh, wasn't oh. allowed to watch the Simpsons. Yeah. And so <laughs> at the, yeah, and I don't know why it was okay um to like have Bart on my t-shirt with like, you know, it probably said like eat my shorts or whatever it was that he said. And like, right. then like, but I wasn't allowed to watch the show. Nah, I don't know. But, yeah. 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 <laughs> like, and one of the funny things about that is like, there was definitely a ton of like Simpsons actual licensed merchandise, but mm. there's also an entirely different, like almost subculture of sorts of bootleg Bart shit from back in the yeah. day. <laughs> Anywhere yeah. from like, yeah. Desert Storm shit to like him dressed as Rambo, you know. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't think that uh, I don't, Gen Zers understand how weird the eighties and nineties actually were. Yeah, they've got this like kind of pastiche, uh, kind of probably you know, like when I was a bit older, I was really into the to the eighties, like early eighties, and I was. You know, I would buy like repro Van Halen t-shirts and stuff, but I think it was, I was missing some context and yes, I think young, young people, cause I guess I'm no longer a young person, um, are missing the context of when we were growing up. Like it was really weird that I had a Colorado Rockies shirt. I didn't play baseball. I was terrible at baseball. I, um, didn't watch baseball and, uh, 
I lived in Tennessee, not Colorado. So why did I have a Colorado Rocky shirt? No idea. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, Jim, just out of curiosity, how old are you? Uh, 36. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, where so, did you grow up? I grew up uh, in East Tennessee in a, in a little town called Midtown, uh, which is in Roan County. It's like outside of Knoxville. Midtown oh. has like about 1500 people. Gotcha. Gotcha. And now you are a New Yorker, which is wild. Yeah, I've lived in New York for uh, almost eight years. Yeah. 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 So big jump, big jump. But I I made little uh, small jumps in between. So Yeah, certainly. As we all tend to do. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So what were people wearing in Midtown, you said? Yeah, Midtown. Yeah. When you were growing up, what did you see? I mean, were there things that influenced you? Were there, were there things that influenced you down the line? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can, uh, yes. So, I mean, there was, <laughs> <laughs> this is my, so my dad, if he were alive today would be uh 93 and, uh, wow. It's, yeah. So he grew up, he was born in 1930, born on a tobacco farm during the great depression. Right. And, uh, he kind of, like a little later on, like in the, in the two thousands when like American workwear was like really having that moment, I, it was kind of weird every time I'd put on a chambray shirt or like do double denim or something, because I just felt like I was cosplaying as my dad. Cause that's what he would wear. So that was like an right. early, and like, a, it's a constant influence on, on how I dress and how I develop products and stuff like that. I think about him in that sense a, a lot in like that time period. Um, but then, yeah, kind of, um, I also, I have, I, I think about the, the term workwear a lot because, um, the stuff that we kind of fetishize is as workwear, the people, I mean, Midtown is just like, it's next to a, a small town called Kingston, which has like, um, uh, like a coal plant. So, you know, they're actual, like, it's like people working in a, in a, coal plant and it's like a lot of working class stuff. So, um, I saw a lot of like, um, my mom works in the, uh, in the medical field. She directs a, she's director of a nursing home. So I, there were a lot of scrubs and then like a lot of denim is kind of what I saw growing up. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah. that's like lower Appalachia. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And so there's, there's tons of coal, there's tons of like legitimate, you know, adjacent or coal adjacent gigs that people do and mm-hmm. factories and shit that, that is all related to that. Yeah, that's it. That's right. So, um, it was like, you know, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of like wrestler and wrangler, um, and that, that sort of stuff. And I guess Colorado Rockies t-shirts. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Side note, both Rustler and Wrangler Denim have been woven in my hometown for a long time. Wait, really? Yeah, uh, Mount Vernon Mills, uh, one of their big Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. Yeah. I didn't know that you, yeah, that's, what's the town? That's um, uh, Somerville, or it's, sorry, it, it's in Tryon, Georgia, but Somerville yeah. is the is the main town. Uh, my dad, or my uh, great-grandfather was um, the manager of the dairy that, uh, dairies that were there when it was regal mills in the 1930s and 40s wow i had no idea yeah, man. yeah that's like 
Yeah, it's, no uh, salvage, sadly, the... but uh, I think like Pat oh, Bill has done that's fine. like Lee Wrangler, Rustler, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all the subsidiaries like Maverick and shit. But they've yeah, they've of been yeah, open yeah. for you know hundred and something years at this point. They must have been the ones that developed the uh, the broken twill with Wrangler, then, right? They were the ones that did I, that. I, I don't know if it was that mill particularly. I think that that happened okay. like prior to them getting the contract or whatever. Because uh, uh, Wrangler yeah. had their own mills at one point in Greensboro, um, I think. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, they they have woven you know various denims. Like they they definitely did the like most of the rustler shit when when we were growing up. Um, yeah, but that yeah. makes sense. That makes sense. I yeah, love that know, stuff too. I, I, yeah. And you, I mean, you said like, unfortunately they don't do selvage, but honestly, I, I feel sometimes that that's overrated. Oh, totally. Um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's um, funny, like thinking, you know, most people don't think of the South as like this, this like textile heavy place, but it really was in a lot of ways for like a very long mm. period of time. Like even yeah, still yeah, today. Yeah. I mean, Yes. It's, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, uh, we can, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about this more, but I've just, obviously because of my own little brand, I, uh, have been researching a lot of textile production in the South. And I mean, like I learned I, at one point, I think there were nine denim manufacturers in Louisville, Kentucky alone. Like that's, you know, the South was just full of that stuff, um, for a long time. And sadly it's going away. So when stuff was made, domestically at all <laughs> they're yeah. huge yeah. huge 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 places baltimore included which is not even arguably it is in the south baltimore yes. and yeah. um baltimore is a huge textile place too it's tons of suiting uh mm-hmm. and menswear like very fine stuff uh yeah. gone. totally gone yeah i mean uh where i grew up uh, Midtown is next to another town called Harriman. It's all in this small county, Roan County. Um, and so sometimes I like, I'm, I mix them up when I'm talking, but, uh, and that's just because they're all like within five minutes drive and they all have like one stoplight, you know, but, uh, Harriman had a, like a huge, uh, knitting mill, uh, that closed before I was born, but I always heard the stories of that place. And then just right over 30 minutes drive to Knoxville, that's the, the largest underwear manufacturer in the country was there. That was standard knitting mills. And of course, Alpha Industries was there, uh, making right. 65s and stuff like that. So yeah, it was major. I wanted to ask, since we are on the topic, um, yeah. people will say X is not a monolith, right? And hmm. I think the South is a thing that really is made into a monolith mm-hmm. by almost everyone. Yeah. It's, there's a horrible negative perception of the South, especially mm-hmm. in the North. Um, yeah. And so I was wondering what your experience with that has been. I was going to ask about your accent. Like I have known <sighs> plenty of people from the very deep South who no longer have an accent at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, accents are funny, man. And I, I, uh, I, unfortunately, I remember as a kid, like being embarrassed about a Southern accent, having one and stuff like that and <laughs> yeah, uh, working <laughs> to like get rid of it. Uh, and now like I listen to my mom who has a great like sort of Appalachian accent and my granny who sounds like Dolly Parton, like they have amazing accents and I'm like, damn, I, I really, 
<laughs> I missed so out. You're going into it a little bit right. now. Dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not to put you on the spot, but it's like it's very funny to see. Like my dad, when he goes places, when he travels in the South, he he has a Southern accent. He just does. But oh, of course. Yeah. When he's in D.C., which is where he is from, nothing like that. He's a bureaucrat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can I can slip into it on purpose, but then also uh, when I'm on the phone with my mom, like my my wife has pointed out like you know my voice changes it becomes like southern you know what i mean so <laughs> mm -hmm. like more southern it sounds yeah um but I, I think about accents a lot because the you you're saying i, I think this is a, like a huge topic but um like the south is not a monolith well like tennessee has at, at least two really distinctive if not three accents alone just that one state yeah you know, like um, so there's like you said earlier, I'm from like kind of lower Appalachia, right? And that has a specific accent. That's um, I kind of think of it as that whole area was like uh, uh, it was full of Scottish immigration. Yep. And so it's like similar. I was just in Scotland recently and I was having these weird moments of like everybody looks like my cousin. And like I understand this really thick accent because it kind of sounds like you know, my grandparents or something and it. It's not exactly the same, but I can, there's something there that feels familiar, but then like you move to Memphis and the accent is very different. Cause that's like Mississippi, uh, river, like kind of almost Delta accent, not quite a, uh, not a new Orleans accent, which even that my wife is from new Orleans and, um, there are two or three really major accents there too like her dad speaks with what's called a yat accent and i hope that's not like super offensive and derogatory i don't <laughs> think it is but um that's that's what it's that's what people refer to it as and it's like different than like what you think of as like the kind of the creole guy or something like that um so yeah accents alone like there's not just like there's not that americans think there's one general uh like english accent and obviously there's not, and I, I'm not going to even try to explain those, but, uh, or, or do one cause I'm, I'm not a voice actor, but, uh, there are so many accents and dialects in the, in the South, because it's just, I mean, the culture is so diverse because of the immigration, um, some of it, unfortunately forced, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, so I think it's like beautiful and varied and incredibly important to, uh, american history and we're so scared of diversity that's like the number one fear in america wow. i mean arguably the number one fear globally is diversity yeah. but uh it's so precious really and special it just yeah. doesn't it's like the ultimate underdog in a way and it really doesn't it really doesn't get its due at all yeah i i i think about um so like one of my hobbies is barbecuing um Hell yeah. And, yeah. Right. And every, like people think of that as like a Southern thing and it, it kind of is, but that came via like immigration on its own. Uh, but then like, if you think about the different types of barbecue, like regional barbecue, like Texas does brisket and like very little sauce, but then like South Carolina does this with like a mustard sauce, like, um, the mustard sauce just came about because there was like German immigration there. And like, so that even the food that's like, people think of like barbecue as like a maybe Southern thing, but it it's not like, it's not just one thing and it's not one type of food and it wasn't cooked by just one type of person. 
Um, and I, so I don't understand sometimes when people are like, well, like are afraid of immigration. And I'm like, well, that's what led to such like a beautiful culture that you supposedly love and now are trying to protect. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> anything good. Anything good is a mixture. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so I, I think about that a lot and it's kind of, um, it's, it's hard to, um, it's hard to talk about sometimes because there are some like really dark elements of course of the, of Southern history um, that are still somehow like denied by people. And I, I don't understand that either, but um, yeah, there that's uh, I think there are parts that are definitely worth talking about. So yeah. certainly. Yeah. Which just to, just a side note on it, your not my Southern values t-shirt. Uh, which I am a huge fan of and I encourage Thank everyone you. to listen to, or sorry, uh, look up and order one. We'll you, post it. We'll post yeah, it for we sure. We'll post definitely it. post um, it. Hey, thanks y'all. Yeah, also yeah, another yeah. side note, it's hilarious to me as someone that grew up in the like very deep, deep South, like very rural spot to hear someone mm. else say that they masked, uh, masked and did not want their Southern accent. Because yeah. That was absolutely me from like, you know, my, my punk rock years on was like, I need to get rid of this. But now I've got almost 40. I've come back to an appreciation for it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, when I moved to, when I moved to New York, I, I, um, I was working at the, I still work at the armory and I have a colleague there who's from Alabama and he's about my age and he's like super successful. Um, he's an interesting guy. He's got a doctorate in ornithology, but now is the like general manager of this place. And anyway, he's got like, there's no hiding where he's from when he speaks, right? Like he's got a very thick Alabama accent. And I, at first I I remember being like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I was like, wow, no, that's cool. Actually, like this guy is is, like unabashedly, I mean, cause he can't like, there's nothing he can do about it. He's just unabashedly, like from Alabama and he's got right. the accent and I'm like, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, they're I've, so good. It's so good to have an accent. It, I have the most boring voice in the world. It's the wow. mid Atlantic accent. No, I don't know. I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't agree with that part, but I, 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 but yeah, like, I don't know where that actually, I guess I, I do know. Cause we, you mentioned earlier, like um, kind of like, almost like stereotypes of Southern people. And it's like pretty negative. Like um, if you have that accent, maybe you're not educated or maybe you're super racist or whatever. And yeah, um, you know, so that was, that's what I was feeling as a kid. And like also being embarrassed of being from a town of 1500 people or whatever. And, uh, but yeah, now I have a little age and distance and it's like something to be proud of, I guess. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. So living in both very rural and urban you know, Nashville, uh, Mm. parts of the South, would you say that has changed the way you, you both approach living and, you know, your attitude toward things and also dressing? Um, and yeah, I mean, listen, it's much easier to be a, like a dude or anybody really into clothes living in a, like a metropolitan area, especially in New York. Like, Cause it feels like everybody's really into clothes. And, um, but when I, when I go home to Midtown, um, I stick out, but there, that's just kind of how it is. And it's no yeah, big deal. Totally, totally. But I also, 
I also have grown to like I when I mentioned earlier, like you know, Midtown is really working class. And there's like a coal mine, or like if you're a little or not a coal mine, but a coal plant, and if you're like a a, a you know little luckier, you go work um, at the the nuclear plants in Oak Ridge. Like that's it, but it's always like working in a plant and like working class. And I came to appreciate the, those kind of clothes too. Um, cause they're like really practical. And I don't mean like, like the perfect chin strap chambray. I mean like the, the flame retardant, like polyester, uh, you know, blue, but not like just flat blue shirt stuff like that kind of stuff. Um, so it's like a, yeah, I mean, I, I live in a, in a great place for clothes and I get to see some of the best stuff in the world. And then also like, I get to see these really practical clothes put to practical uses and that's cool too. So, yeah. Yeah. I, um, do, do you think that there's some conflict between your sort of southernness, like the gentility, the slow pace and what goes on in New York city? Like, because <laughs> uh, I find it, I find it. And I used to love New York. Now I just terrible anxiety. It's like, I <laughs> wish I could walk so fast. I can't walk fast enough. Yeah. That's something that my mom complains about when I go home. She's like, why are you walking so fast? And, and you know, whatever, <laughs> like, um, City slicker. City. That's right. City. That's right. There's an emergency. I need to get to this one restaurant that we have in Midtown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say I don't. I I feel when I when I go home and I like I can relax into that like slowness because it's like it can be really frustrating that like maybe it takes a couple days for somebody to call you back or like. Um, maybe you're at a restaurant and the, the server is like being really slow with your order or just like talking a lot and asking you, honey, how you doing and stuff like that. Um, but it's kind of like given me a perspective being away from that and being in a fast paced environment. And now when I go back to it, I'm like, oh, this is, this is nice. I can appreciate yeah. it. I mean, I want it like all the time, but yeah. Certainly. Yeah. It, it's a hard yeah. balance to strike between like, the urgency in an actual city and then like the slowness of everything else in the like more yeah. parts. Like it's very yeah, enjoyable, but sometimes you're also just like, okay, like I, I, I can't have this all the time and I wish I could, but it just, mm -hmm. there's no possibility of that. Yeah. New York has this funny way sometimes of making you feel like you, you couldn't live anywhere else. And, right. and that's not healthy either. Yeah, <laughs> like, it, yeah, not. you like, you start going to like, you go, yeah, my wife calls this like, um, not, she, uh, like almost like the Williamsburgification of, of like every little other city that we go to. Right. Um, it's like, yeah. So it, it kind of feels like we just seek that out and, and because we're just looking for New York and sometimes if we can just get out of our ahead and be like oh this is cool like there's a so i don't know it's nice to have like those two really uh diverse experiences like a town of 1500 people and that's home and then also a city of well, i guess what are we eight million or something and that's home too so right 
yeah, I guess this kind of leads into what we're going to ask next. Um, hmm. And we kind of discussed this or gotten into it a little bit already, but has being in New York really like impacted and affected your appreciation for like where you're from? Yeah. in in ways that I, I didn't even expect, um, there's like a new appreciation for the, like a slower way of life. Um, but also this is, uh, I hopefully this isn't like too weirdly political, but it, it's made me like, go with it. What, go with all, it. Right. Yeah, all right, cool. Oh, great. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to, uh, I was really, um, I was, uh, during the, during the black lives matter movement, I was really reassessing my education as a, as a, like a public school educated person in Tennessee. And I was having these moments, like I had a conversation, um, one time with a colleague who's from Australia and we were talking about the American civil war. I, I don't know why, but that's what we were, maybe we're drinking. We're probably drinking. And <laughs> I, wait, is this <laughs> Yeah, this is Dick. Okay, yeah, yeah, dude, yeah. I, I want to get on <laughs> the show so bad. So, like, please, please Dick, do. I'll, yeah, if you listen to this, Dick, if you're listening, Ricky, yeah, please get on the show, person. man. I, I find you absolutely hilarious, and he is yeah, hilarious. Come on yeah. the pod. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, I'm lucky to consider him a friend, and um, he. Anyway, I don't know why we were talking about that, uh, but I just blurted out. Uh, well, you know. Robert E. Lee was the better general. And I said that. And he like, yeah, right, right, right. And he looked at me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looked at me and I was like, why am I, why did I say that? Right? Like, so like I needed to be out of that like echo chamber sometimes. Like, I mean, where I, like where I went to the, to college, I almost said where I went to university, hanging out with too many Brits, I guess, but like where I went to college. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, like th it was in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and there was a civil war battle there and nobody lets you fucking forget that there was a civil war battle there. And like, oh man, it, yep. yeah. And there's like always like reenactments and stuff like that. Um, and I, st so like I was like getting out of that, that like constant thing of like growing up hearing about like, um, you know, the war of Northern aggression and then like meeting people and like just day to day in a different area and talking about that. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And you know, like, I'm sorry. To, yeah. uh, how, no, cause as someone from up here, like how disgust is the war of Northern aggression? Because people were, in um, southern areas of Annapolis, uh, where I grew up, had Confederate yeah. flags and stuff. Yeah, uh, and they were about it. Sorry, yeah, 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 man. I mean, it's before no, go you go on, Jim Connor. Yeah. This could be a three-hour-long conversation if we actually let it. Just FYI. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. It's a big, the whole the whole thing is a big topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, like, listen, I'm I'm not. Uh, I, uh, am not the person, uh, I'm not the expert on this stuff. And that's why, and, and I kind of learned that, uh, moving here and like trying to think about that. And then like, basically BLM kind of accelerated that for me. And I was like, thankful. I was like, Oh, I, I have some things that I need to Hell unlearn yeah. or like, you know what I mean? That was like, and I think that's, uh, 
I hope that's like a healthy way to be of being like, I was like taught some stuff that was weird or like, you know, whatever. Uh, and now, and now I'm trying to figure that out. Um, but most anyway, people don't own it ever. Most people don't ever own it. So yeah, you've I, done I, it. I, I hope so. I hope that like, you know, people understand that. Like, cause I, I mean, I was like literally taught that in public school. Do you know, right. that's you not a, yeah. you were a child, you were indoctrinated. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a real thing. And like, there's, a, I mean, yeah, it's kind of, so th to answer your question about how often do people talk about the civil war, I wouldn't like, it's not a daily conversation, but it's more like, uh, the, the the framework of it is just different because like it's been taught to everyone in the in a different way it's like a it's a rewriting of history that everybody kind of accepts and if you don't accept that like you're the bad guy not in well and it's so very cool. yeah it's very bad even to say like this the civil war is about slavery people yeah. will fight that oh uh, i i've had that fight I've yeah. had that fight. To your I've, point, I've it, heard... it's not like a daily conversation, but I would call it a specter that just yeah. is overhanging all the time. Because... That's right, and it, it yeah, yeah, like and it's it... a specter. It's a, it's a it's a ghost that's denied. Like a lot of people can see it, but a lot more people are being it's, uh, pretend that they can't, yeah. and that's really yeah. sad. Yeah. I grew up a half hour south of Chickamauga, so okay. shout out yeah. Northwest Georgia. Yeah. Oh. yeah, man. I anyway, uh, I don't want this to be all. Oh heavy no, no, and, no, uh... dude, this was, this was a really <laughs> interesting turn, and like, it's I don't know, kind of, it's kind of like a fun, you know, fun part of seeing someone's development from A to B. So yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and we don't we don't really talk this very often. Like I think that yeah. the show at the outset we had an idea of what we were going to be talking about, and it was sure. going to be extremely political. And then as it happened, we didn't really touch it, and mm. it was fine. But now I think we're kind of like, yeah, maybe we ought to get back to the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, back to the drawing board. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an like, interesting like, perspective I on this particularly because all three of us are from the South in one way, shape, yeah. or form. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess, I, what, I mean, you can, I don't know. I was thinking about it um, when I first started Taswell. I, I was doing that, and then I was making a record with this guy who's also from the South, and I was, like, telling him about it and how, like, you know, I was going to, tell these stories about Southern culture and then also like really make uh, people understand that I don't mean like the KKK and slavery and right. stuff like that. Like that's not okay. And there's a new South and like, or there can be a new South. And he looked at me and he was like, dude, you're not going to change the world selling t-shirts. And like, so I, I understand that like, I mean, this is also a podcast about clothing um, and it might be hard to uh, talk about politics, but like clothing, the best kind of clothing to me is culture and like politics is part of culture. So, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's that you kind of just outlined the idea that we have for the show. So there it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you mentioned making a record. I, it, yeah. and I personally, you know, I, I've known you for a couple of years via Instagram mm. and whatnot. Um, I know that you play music and 
dude, your your pandemic videos of you playing shit, they were some <laughs> of the like best part of 2020 for me. Honestly. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just super fun to like see you going, you know, going to town on this shit that that I like. <laughs> so uh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know if I yeah, ever told uh, you. I may have told you that before. I don't know. But uh, well, th- thanks for that. Yeah, yeah I, I got a lot of positive f- feedback on those, it's which is cool because I like. Yeah, I mean, it was just like honestly, me just probably being fourteen again for a little bit, right? right and, like totally, that was kind of. Totally. I've also like yeah. Side note, it's like I've I've realized that a lot of the like music side of Instagram is so chill and just like super supportive of people trying to do mm. whatever they're doing. Like, yeah. even if I don't personally like it, I'm just like, Oh, that's, that's very pure. Uh, yeah. I, I find that too. Um, it's not as like, I mean, obviously I know about like the, like clothing Instagram and stuff like that. And I find that like way snarkier, but maybe that's because oh, the totally. industry itself is like way, like, I find that if you're working in the, in the clothing industry, you're like kind of defined more by what you don't like. And that means like, that's kind of like a negative right. like, so off the back. It's kind right. of negative. So yeah, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, those, those videos were like, um, just, uh, me giving myself something to do every day and then also like kind of rediscovering that I liked to do that thing. So, yeah. Okay. So going into music, um, have Mm. there been artists kind of over the years that, that have really like influenced you in terms of dressing and, and, you know, I I feel like we all have those people we emulate, but yeah. Was that a part of your kind of like clothing journey? Yeah, I think about this a lot because I um, like part of my job at, at the Armory and then my own thing. Like, you know, I'm, I, uh, I hesitate to say I'm a designer, but I, I do develop products. And I like what I I generally when I'm doing that, I have like a I have like a I think about like a general kind of mood and then I try to find people that are that match that mood and not not the other way around. So like when people ask me like what style icons, like that's, that's kind of what you're getting at. I like, I sometimes have them, but they change quite frequently and they like, they're, it might be like one, like a person's hat one day and that's it. Um, so like right now uh, I have been thinking a lot about hats cause I'm working on hats for Tazel. And so I'm thinking about Hank Williams and I'm thinking about Ronnie Van Sant, <laughs> um, oh, nice. which is like yes. a really, yeah. <laughs> which is a real like weird thing. And I don't think of Ronnie as like a style icon for me uh, really, but his hats were awesome. Um, And so like, that's the, that's kind of like, that's what happens to me. Like I, uh, when I put together the first uh, collection for Tazwell, I told people that uh, I wanted my clothes to look like they fit onto the, the record cover of live at Fillmore East the Allman Brothers live record. And, um, and so like all the people on that record, including the roadies on the back, those are like for a little while, those were my style icons. Um, growing up, it would have been like, uh, actually still Hank Williams. Cause my, my dad would listen to that. He would listen to Hank and he would listen to Bill Monroe. So that kind of era of, 
of country music up into like basically the early sixties, uh, the the sequins sort of but not not too many sequins yet um but the nudie suits and that kind of thing that was like a a big part of my childhood like my first favorite song was hot dog by buck owens and <laughs> buck and buck and the buckaroos had like some great stage outfits um oh totally. so that was yeah so that that was like um it's been cool for me to see like more and more people uh in like current fashion stuff like looking at that like um like nudie suits and and like western suits in general and like old country music and stuff like that and using that as style reference because like i legitimately like grew up seeing those photos um yeah so those are <laughs> those are some of my earliest and then i was talking about this recently actually when this is kind of weird but i my um in elementary school like probably kindergarten um my style icon was Michael Jackson. Um, so it's always been like some kind of musical artist. And that feels weird to say now that Michael Jackson was my style icon when I was five, but that's true. I would dress up like he, uh, I would wear like, that was around the time of, uh, black or white. And I would like dress up like him as best I could and like play that cassette single over and over again. <laughs> so, so for whatever reason, like, um, from like a pretty early, on in my life music and clothes have kind of been intertwined in that way like i think about them um in really similar ways and there it's always like when i think of a music artist i almost always think about how what the clothes they wore to um and then like sometimes when i'm if i'm developing a product or something i like to put together a playlist or something like to to kind of set a mood like they're 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 intertwined Yes. So <laughs> the the next question is sort of a two-part question. Okay. okay. There's a contrast between Southern rock and traditional menswear. Mm. How did you personally get from point A to point B? Um, and then I was also wondering, how does it feel to be launching your brand when it seems like the things have are becoming trendier and trendier and trendier, but it's your <laughs> idea. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll just go chronological there. So, um, I, I don't necessarily think that, uh, like traditional menswear and then like Southern rock and country are like as divergent as they might seem at first. Like, um, there's a lot of tailored clothing, especially in like country music, uh, or there was, there's not, there's not so much anymore. Um, but I also think about like the, I know a lot of musicians that work in, in the fashion industry. Um, and I think there's like, there's a connection at least like, I think why musicians are drawn to that is that the, if you're on stage, whether you want to admit it or not, you think about how you're presenting yourself to an audience. And like, that's kind of the same idea in fashion and with classic clothing, you're kind of thinking about people of a bygone era and a lot. And like now at this point, if you're playing Southern rock, you're thinking of people from 50 years ago. So you're still thinking of people from a bygone era. Uh, so I don't think there is as divergent. Um, it's just like, 
it's maybe just a different genre sort of um yeah but uh, how i i don't know i guess uh, how i got there it's a similar it's a similar idea i guess of uh, when i was talking earlier about losing my my accent i i was drawn to classic menswear uh partially because i i mean i i just like clothes and i have my entire life um and i was i, I mean i went to school to uh I went, I went to fashion school and uh, i learned about clothing construction and i've made clothes in the past and i like really liked at first i was attracted to the idea of classic clothes as craft um and learning about that and then i kind of liked the idea of classic clothes as like dressing up to play a part like and for me for a little while that kind of became like dressing up as like um, a rich old Italian dude or like an eighties yuppie and like <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, if you scroll up past the guitar photos on my, or the guitar videos on my Instagram, you'll see me in like, you know, a chalk stripe DB and I'm like doing my best Gordon gecko or whatever, but like, um, mm -hmm. yeah, but eventually I realized that like, I was kind of, I also always liked like, uh, you know, almond brothers and, and Skinner, and then earlier like Hank Williams and uh, Bill Monroe and uh, and Buck Owens, uh, and I I was thinking more like how to incorporate that like like how I, I like you know I denied my accent I'd almost I felt like I had been denying this other thing that I really liked and I wanted to try to incorporate that so I think the like um, as I, I like move forward my own thing and then like, as, you know, whatever else I do in the industry, like I kind of want to keep exploring how to mix those different things together. It's like the same idea as um, playing an instrument. Like you have influences, like my main, my first main influence on guitar was Randy Rhodes. Um, and then like, then I got into some other people and then like there was a, a hot second, there was a jazz moment um, and that didn't last very long. Um, so now like I, when I play, I have all these different influences and like I improvise and it almost, you know, it's when I'm playing, I think, Oh, that's a, I hardly ever play Randy Rhodes licks anymore, but like, I think like, Oh, that's a, that's a Jimi Hendrix lick. And then, Oh, that's maybe how uh, Jimmy Bryant would have played something. And then like, that's how Jim Campolongo would have played something. And like, like eventually that all mixes into something that's me. And I feel like I'm, finally maybe figuring out how to mix the all those elements of like from my youth of like the country music stuff and then later when i was in high school into like the like the 70s rock stuff into the classic thing that i've been doing for like a decade uh did, did that answer the question i think so i think so dude <laughs> maybe not. And, and that kind of honestly <laughs> you're I, a good I, interview <laughs> dude <laughs> so i'm just gonna say our next question was what does the product development process look like for Taswell? And literally, I okay. think you just answered it in the answer to that question. Yeah. It's like, yo, you, you have the same view for what you're doing with that as you do for literally the rest of like the parts that fit into that. So I think that takes care of it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy. <laughs> um, I can get into the real nitty gritty if you want. No, but yeah, man. If you want I, the... I, think, like, <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. That's just like, 
that while I was listening to the answer to that question, it hit me. I was like, oh, this is just what he's trying to do with Taswell. Just like with that, you're doing cloth and buttons and literally no other difference. Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would add is like, I've kind of told this story before, but like, uh, so the first thing I put out for Tazel was a, was a record, uh, which is stupid. Cause I, I launched a clothing brand with a seven inch single. Um, but I like, uh, what happened, why, why that happened is I was like the, like, I think most people that like have worked in a clothing store, like worked in the fashion industry, um, like I'd been thinking a little while about like doing my own thing and I didn't know what I was doing or like, um, I didn't really want to own a retail store or whatever, but, um, you know, I was just walking around the village one day and like suddenly the name, the, uh, a few products and a lot of that song all popped in my head, like just at once. And it was like, Oh, this is like, for me, it, it's all kind of the same process. It's kind of kind of strange, but like, um, yeah, that's 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 it. Yeah, that's works for us. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful fucking series of things. Um, yeah, that that all. Yeah, you have, exhaust, you have exhaustive answers. You have total yeah, answers, like, which is this, I hope so. <laughs> it's like it's like Connor and I talk about a bunch of this shit, and not to get too like you know behind the scenes or whatever, but like. Hmm we talk about a lot of the interconnections between like music and, and clothing particularly. Um, and then mm. of course there's, you know, a million and one variations of things like that, but, but like, you know, kind of, kind of hearing about what drives you to do your brand and to like start making your own thing. I don't know. It just like, it speaks to the heart of kind of what we want to get to with, with people Good. because that's like, that's an, that's a fucking answer. Um, I hope so. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm like, I find that I'm like less and less interested. I will talk to, of course, like, cause I have to, I will talk to people about like, oh yeah, well my, the Tazwell five pocket pants have like double flat filled out seams and you know, that kind of stuff. I'll, I'll talk about that, but I'd rather, I found that like the people that actually get it get it on a, like an emotional level. And that's where I'm at too. Like, I, I mean, I like craft and I like, um, I do not, I, I mean, I can't make patterns, but I talk with pattern makers a lot and I like do sourcing and I like, I know technical stuff and I, I do that for a living, but the, the only, like, if I really wanted to just do technical stuff all the time, I would do something that made me a lot more money. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, like, yeah. I'm doing, yeah. 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 So I like, I, for, for me, it's really hard to, like, I can't separate the, like the music thing and the clothes thing. And I can't separate the emotional part. Like, uh, sometimes I can, like my part of my day job at the armory is like making sure that the stores have enough Navy socks. Like I'm not like humming, I'm not writing a song about that, but like they're, yeah. So that like day to day, but uh, I think why anybody would get into this industry is to is is because of the the way the stuff makes you feel so i'm just getting a little better at expressing that and no one ever says that like nobody yeah. ever says that people always people as you said people always say i'm interested in the craft i'm interested in this or that but the point is like it's it's cool right like i like it because it's cool i like it because it makes me feel good yeah i th- i wish like it, the thing about like obsessing over details, uh, 
feels like such a real like dude bro hobby thing and that's fine like it's also like if you're having clothes as a hobby is okay but it feels like a, uh, a lot of uh, dudes especially are like need to have some kind of like justification for what they're doing and like it's fine if you if you if you're just like into that but just say that like i don't like i really dislike it um when people say buy less buy better because right. that's like some kind mm. of for a couple of reasons one you've taken this like Dieter Rahm's quote and you've added the word buy to it twice so you've like made it this capitalist manifesto for whatever fucking reason you're just like buy buy great thanks Woo! and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and I hope that yeah that, I'm sorry that is I, the I, painted uh, rainbow flag sidewalk of quotes like the yeah buy less, buy yeah it's. Thing. Yeah. No, it's also, the fucking be the change you want to see in the world. Oh, true, true. Okay, it, yeah. Which my it's boss just like, has in his signature. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it's just, I mean, I like. There's always got to be this like practical reason, and like I, I get it. Like uh, the fucking like economy sucks, and like things are expensive, and like you want, yeah, sure, fine. But also like if the the t-shirt or the pair of pants or the shoes or whatever, just like make your life a little bit better and you just like it, just be okay with that. Yeah, That's fine. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's okay I don't, to enjoy I don't, things. Yeah. You, like, it's okay to enjoy, the, enjoy them. And, hurting yeah. somebody, it's okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. I also, yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go on another tangent, but I, I, I need to form that before I, I, I just go off and piss off a lot of tailors. So yeah. well, I'd be happy <laughs> to have them on again. Yeah. 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 This I, is going to become a, a Jim Parker running segments. Just like, yeah, we well, can have no, a this, fest I, episode I, about shit. Yeah. That, no, yeah. that's, that, that'll be another, another episode. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. All right, sorry, sorry. Oh no, dude, this has been this has been awesome. But we do have one final question, which is the, oh okay, yeah, the crux of the entire interview right here. Oh, uh, how many <laughs> how many guitars do you own at the moment? Uh, um, hold on, I'm in the uh, in my spare room that I use for recording and stuff. So um, there's five. I think it's nine. It's not that many. I think nice. it's nine. Okay. I have one on yeah. loan. Yeah. Yeah. It's nine. Cause I, they're eight here. And then I have one on loan to a student. So yeah, nine. Gotcha. Uh, wait, do you teach guitar lessons? Yeah. Also? Yeah. This is, that was something that I did a little bit in my twenties. Um, and I stopped doing it when I moved to New York. Um, and then after like, um, after the worst of COVID, um, I started playing out a lot and occasionally people would ask me um, like, Hey, do you teach? And I was like, yeah. And then I suddenly, I, I started picking up students and it's like super rewarding um, in a way that I didn't remember um, from when I was doing it previously. And yeah, it's, uh, it's been really great actually. That's awesome. Man. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, on that note, Jim, dude, thank you for coming on. Um, it's been a, a really fun conversation oh, yeah. and, uh, we're, uh, just as we're wrapping up, always want to give the guest a chance to shout out whatever they want to shout out. So go for it. Oh, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, sure. So um, let's see. Uh, I just got a bit of press and Rob report about my little brand, Tazwell Clothes. Check that out. Um, you can go to the website. It's tazwellclothes.com um, or my Instagram at tazwellclothes. You can also, if you want to see me play guitar um, and you're in New York, uh, you can come out every Friday to um, this little honky tonk called Skinny Dennis. I play with a band called the National Reserve. I'm there every Friday from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. So uh, trying to my best to shred my fingers off. So come out. Nice. <laughs> uh, also, spell Tazwell. Because this is going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, sure. It's uh, T A Z E W E L L. It looks like Tazewell, but please don't say that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, this was a conversation prior to our interview with Connor and I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I never expected that. I never expected that because I obviously I heard Tazewell my whole life. Right. And yeah. then the first person was like Tazewell, and I was like, oh, shit. No, well, you know, yeah. too late now. So, yeah. uh, again, back to the English language being absolutely ridiculous. So, oh man, yeah, yeah. I don't know, yeah, silent ease, whatever, man. Right. Weird. Right. Uh, it's literally my job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so everyone, thank you for listening, Jim. Thanks again uh, for coming on. Uh, oh, my pleasure. Questions, comments, concerns, or just want to say. Or send us your a funny meme, uh, apocalypsedoes at gmail.com, at apocalypsedoes on Instagram. I'm Matt Smith at Rebels Rogues. And I'm Connor Fowler at Connor Fowler. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.